God, I love that joint solo. Okay, let's move on. All right, welcome into episode five of Barry and I Hate Kevin. <laughs> or, as we like to call it, upon further review, Sports Days. Not two Jews against the Gentile. Podcast. But why you got to bring that into it? Well, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty obvious, I think, isn't it? No, it's not obvious at all. Okay. Should y'all, we get y'all were threatening a while ago to speak in Yiddish only. I, you know, I, I can only utter words in Yiddish. I can't actually string together phrases. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Oi. Mazel tov. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Mazel tov is not Yiddish. Okay. Thanks. All right. Let's get into sports. <laughs> I thought it was going so well. Why don't I just stick with that? Speaking of favorite uh, Jewish athletes, Mazel Tov means congratulations. Yes, it does. Okay, so let's speak about bad luck um, instead of congratulations. The Rangers lost Delano to Shields to a hamstring injury over the weekend. Is that a more significant injury right now than them losing Beltray or Josh Hamilton? No, it is not. It is no. not. You know, because here's why. Um, I, I think one of the great things that the Rangers are going through this season uh, is that. They they have an injury and then the, and then a guy steps in and he plays very well uh, and they've been very fortunate in that respect. But let's let's not make the mistake of realizing that any team that gets to the postseason or to a World Series or whatever has a lot of great fortune. You know, either they don't have injuries or the guys they replace them with play very well. To me, Delano DeShields, I don't know if he's an everyday outfielder or second baseman or whatever it is he should be playing. Um, he, he makes, for a guy who, who has uh, such a pedigree in baseball, his dad was a longtime major leaguer and a very good player, and he was a, you know, a first-round draft pick, uh, and he has uh, undeniable skills. He makes a lot of mistakes. Uh, pretty much, he's a 22 year old rookie who hadn't played above double A. Oh wait a minute, wait, but, 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 but he, he makes, makes he, he, he makes fun. You know, I'm, I'm t- I really don't understand that when when there's a rookie in the NFL, a rookie in the Rangers. These guys have been playing baseball or football their entire lives. They're fundamentals, and and it drives me crazy when when you watch a game and the and the broadcaster said he, he's just a rookie. These guys have been playing these games. They should have. PhDs in, in whatever position whatever position they play. I agree. 100%. I, I I don't think I don't think you can say he's a 22 year old. Guy. I, I think the thing that we, if you're saying a guy's a rookie, you're, you're, he gets in a funk. You know, he gets out there, he strikes out a couple of times, he he loses it, he doesn't know how to get it back. That's a rookie to me. It, it's not an excuse. What are the mistakes of which you speak? Well, let, let's say right before he got hurt on that ball, on the pl- he took the left field in that way. He took the wrong angle on the ball. He's kind of coasting to the ball. And then at the last minute, he realized, I can't get this, and he dives for it. All right, let's, let, let, let me go back in. Let me be Mr. Excuse Maker. But Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back day games in this ballpark, I have yet to see the outfielder who handles particularly left field in this ballpark in the sun well. It is it is awful. And you are – you are staring into that the white cement of the of the second deck. You get all kinds of, of sun issues, but yeah, have there been times in in spring training early on when he was when they were playing day game after day game? There were a couple balls that he got confused on and got and, and got bad reads on. My my thought there would be yes, he's made some mistakes. Um, overall. I think he's played a pretty good. Oh, there's left no question field. about. It. Now, I, I'm being a little tough on it, but now it's, it's not just the outfield though. Too, he makes mistakes on the base pass. He's had games where he's, he's been out on the bases twice in, in a game recently. Uh, got picked off first, ran into an out at third. 
you know, uh, overslid the bag the other night and and was tagged out uh, in a play where he didn't he wasn't sure exactly what had happened. Now, I don't give him that much grief about that one. But, but the greater point is that you're you're right. He he's got a lot of talent and he's played really well and he he's been a real instigator in this offense. But uh, but and that's is, the thing. The instigation is is the thing that that, that I'm trying to hit on. But go ahead. Absolutely. But here's the thing. I don't know if he's going to be, uh, as I said before, a second baseman, a left fielder, a center fielder. I don't know what he's going to be. He might be just a fourth outfielder. If he's a fourth outfielder, he's going to be a really good one. You know, he'd be a great piece to have. Uh, you know, for all everybody loved Craig Gentry, and he was a very nice player. He's a better player than Craig Gentry. Uh, he doesn't have his nearly good outfield arm, but he's more aggressive on the base pass. He's a better hitter. Uh, and and I and I think he I think he's gonna be a very nice player. So that's the good thing about this. And now they'll have now and they'll fourth outfielder is not a bench player anymore on a championship You're major right. league club. That's, that's absolutely it's a right. guy who gets about a hundred starts. And if you can play second base as well with a left-handed hitting second baseman like Odor as the regular second baseman, then all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who occasionally might step is, in. Is, is Odor now the regular? Are you? Odor what? was brought back up to be the regular everyday second okay. baseman. Yeah, not Alberto. No. No, and Alberto, what I like about Alberto is I think he is an elite defender. I think he's an elite fielder, and it gives the Rangers lots of options. Again, if you want to right now, if you want to give Odor one day off a week or if there's a tough lefty coming up, if you want to give Elvis a day off, which you weren't able to do for the first two months of the season, and if you know while you've got to play Gallo in left field, um, maybe for a couple of days until you get Kyle Blanks back on uh, out in the outfield or Ryan Rua up, you can you can move Alberta to third base. But uh, yeah, I think uh, to go back to to the Shields, I think that's the kind of guy that even if he doesn't have a defined position, uh, the utility player is going to is becoming much more of a starter, a tenth starter, if you will. I go back to the Alberto thing. Don't you think uh, what they just like saying Alberto? Alberto, he's a shortstop. You know, he plays second base very well. He's going to play third base okay, but he's a shortstop, and he doesn't really have the pop to play those other positions. You know, Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted Odor back at second. No, he's. I mean, Alberto is. I think my point on Alberto would be this is a guy who defensively would be an asset late in games on a championship club, and who would be a very nice bench player. Remember back a few years when the Rangers were in the World Series, or they were going. What was the big thing they were looking for? They were looking for a utility outfit. They brought in a utility infielder. They brought in utility infielder after utility much infielder. Any bench role. They didn't have it. They didn't yeah, have any bench. yeah, and, and so th- so he would be he would be a nice piece here. All of these guys would be. If very this nice team piece. had, if this team had a strong deep bench, it would be the first time in a long, long time that they've had that because I, I both of the World Series clubs did not have that kind of versatility on the bench, and and they have. Because of how much their infielders have played, they've had a hard time the last couple of years uh, getting guys to come in here as veteran uh, utility guys who, who who had some degree of, of, of pedigree. And, and so if you've got a young guy in your system like Alberto who can play multiple positions, um, I, I, I think it, it, it's a real asset. And I know there are people who are listening, at least I hope there are people who are actually listening right now. But they're asking, what about Profar? Where does Profar fit in all that? And, and I'll go back to the same thing I say over and over again. Profar could be a star. But until he gets back on the field and until that shoulder is healed for a significant amount of time, I, I can't count on Jerks and Profar, and I can't figure him into my plans. No. 
I, I want to say this too about left field. Uh, Joey Gallo did look a back little to, shaky. Back to left field. Back to left field. He did look a little shaky on that fly ball. But uh, I will say this: I don't think it's not. It's not a huge trade off defensively between him and Delano DeShields. Oh, I think it is. No, well, no, because look, here's the thing. Now he's got a much better arm, a much better arm than Delano does. You know, I'm surprised that more teams don't run on him. Uh, that's that's a Juan Pierre caliber arm. And, I don't think it's that weak. Well, it's it's not that weak, but it's it's close to that. And and Joey's got a great arm, so so Joey's going to make up for that uh, a little bit. And and, it's, and he's, he's not, not going to cover as much ground. He's not no. going to cover as much ground. But you know, he's not slow either. He's a lot like he's a lot like Jose Cruz. I mean, uh, Nelson Cruz was. Nelson Cruz was a guy that 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 had Jose, a good Jose Cruz. Let's just <laughs> Jose Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Let's just get back into that for a second, Kevin. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Dallas. From Houston, <laughs> and. Uh, where did Jose Cruz play? Astros. Okay. Astros. We, we, we all do that. We all do that, Evan. Like 40 we, years we, ago. We, we, all, we all have these, these these brain clots. I'll get there eventually when I get your you guys. First age. of all, you have to have a brain. Oh. Let's move on. Move on. Move on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having to lick my wounds here. Um, <laughs> Stop licking. Joey Gallo you hit like a home run much. over the weekend. That was 461 feet. Uh, 471 oh, feet. How many feet was it? 461, 471. It was a mammoth shot. Whenever you guys hear home run distance, what do you? What do you? What is your thought? My thought is not really accurate. Mickey Mantle, 565 feet. That was always the record. We hit one out of Griffith Stadium in. In D.C. when he hit one and out of they the just, stadium. They found the baseball line on the ground. Right. <laughs> well, okay, said, hey. wait, let's, let's make it up. It, 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 it's a prodigious shot. It's a great shot. But I, I think we'd, we'd be arguing for years over the accuracy of that. And, and, and that is the thing. It is, it's not an official stat. Most no. teams at this point in time don't announce distances. And so what happened on Saturday was Gallo hit this home run. The Rangers announce it based on what they've got in terms of data. They've got... They've got a, a diagram of the ballpark with, with distances that have been measured to different areas, and, and so they're estimating. ESPN has now developed this, this hit tracker where they uh, measure distances. And for some reason, it comes out 10 feet, 10 feet longer on ESPN. And so you've got people who are now confused because people, people do put a lot of stock into home run distances, even though it's a complete and total guess. Right. That's the bottom line. It's a guess. Unless we want to stop games and then bring out actual tape, tape measures. measure and bring it out. Yeah. No, you're right. Get you're my right. out. Listen, here's the only thing that I think that matters about how far a guy hits a baseball. Uh, a guy like Joey Gallo, and and they brought this up on the broadcast the other night, Buzz and and Tom, and, and I think it's a great point. Is that a guy with the power that Joey Gallo has does not have to square it up. Uh, he can get a ball a little less than somebody off the barrel a little bit, off the sweet spot a little bit, and he can still drive it out. The ball he hit in that first game, the double off the wall, when when Chuck Morgan hit the button on the natural a little early, and, yeah, and he started coasting. That got you all time. excited because it was good copy. <laughs> it was good copy. Uh, was that? It, it, and after the game, Gallo said, "Yeah, he jammed me a little bit on that one. The ball hit two thirds of the way of the, of the deepest part of the ballpark, and he said he jammed me a little bit. And it was just shy of like the Pete Incavilia, what, uh, what the hole in the, the fence. hole of the fence. Well, there we go. What, what yeah. is this with men and measurements anyway? Why are we fixated? You want to ask us that? about why? No, I, I I just don't understand why why. I think this this is where we get into our Viagra commercial right here. We could do <laughs> one here too. Wow! Uh, Speak for yourself, pal. Viagra and Cialis. If you're looking to sponsor a podcast, I think Barry just we'll do the we'll do it from a bathtub. The no podcast. No. no. <laughs>
<laughs> Three little bathtubs right there. That, that'll be cute. I, I need the extra, the William Howard Taft bathtub. <laughs> that, is that, are you saying you're fat? Well, you're really going back now. What's uh, all that history? William I'm Howard a little Taft. bit portly. Portly these days. I need to lose a little bit of weight. Let's talk about distance. Let's talk about golf distance. Let's talk about golf. Let's talk about Jordan Spieth. Okay. Uh, Jordan Spieth. He's not, so he's, not a, he's not a big hitter. Here's my question for you. Jordan Spieth. We got the U.S. Open coming yes. up. Jordan Spieth is in the U.S. Open this weekend in, uh, in in the Great Northwest. And here's my question. Jordan Spieth, great Dallas golfer or greatest Dallas golfer? Well, let's not go there yet. He's he's 21 years old, for gosh sakes. There's been some great Dallas golfers. Nick, uh, Trevino's uh, number uh, one on the list, right? Well, uh, let's, close. Let's count. Come on. Who, who do you, Ralph who Bulldog was a great Dallas I knew he, I knew yeah. that's what he was going to say. By now, the way, Kevin what, wrote what, what about... You, Kevin wrote about Goodall about six weeks ago in the. Uh, I've written about him a couple of times in the brunch because it's the dead people section. Wow, <laughs> I'm going to write about you when you're dead. Oh, maybe. Thank you. I hope so. Maybe. But well, when did when did he win the Masters? Goodall, 37. I think. 37. I was only eight years old then. I <laughs> barely. I can barely remember <laughs> that. No, the point is, is that there. And I made this point, I believe, when I wrote that. Uh, Who's you, the greatest Dallas golfer? First of all, you could say that there are the percentage of great golfers from Texas is higher than the, than the percentage of great football players from Texas, the percentage of great baseball players from Texas, any other sport. I will wager you. There are a lot of great ba- – you know what? You're un- don't underestimate basketball. There are a lot of great basketball players. There, there are also great, but, but not but – not first of all, you got Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson from Texas. you got basketball players that rank that high? No. In the top ten players ever? No. Shaquille not in, O'Neal. Not in football? Shaquille's, Shaquille's not in the not ten, f- top ten ever. But he only played. But 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 Shaquille is. He he moved around a lot. He was was a Air Force brat. He's really from Louisiana. He grew up. He's from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. We can't even decide. I think he's from. I think he's from New Jersey. He went to high school in San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio Cole won the state championship. I covered the tournament and didn't even notice he was there. (laughs) That's some good scouting on your part. All right, back back to the point about Jordan Smith. He's potentially. Could be the greatest. Who is the greatest Dallas golfer? I think the I great. Know. All right, let's expand it. North Texas. Who's the greatest te- North Texas? Oh, golfer? that's between uh, Hogan and Nelson. I want to say want to Lee Trevino back in Dallas. Let's get back to Dallas. Okay, Lee Trevino. For now. All right. I'll, and what I'll, does Spieth, What does Spieth have to do to become? Win about, about thirty tournaments at least. Well, but how many majors? I mean, he's already got a major in his bag, right? He does. Oh, Justin Leonard has a major in his bag too. Yeah, that was the British Open. That doesn't count. We're not counting the British Open. Well, and what did he, what did he do after he won the British Open? He's won twelve tournaments. He's very good. He's but a he, very nice player. I, I would take right now. I take Jordan Spieth ahead. Well, of course him. you would. Okay. I mean, I mean, Justin Leonard was the kind of guy you, you looked at, and, and he he had he has a good game. He puts it all together. He he could be very good. But he had a lot of stuff he had to put together. So what does why well, why I, does Spieth have the potential? Let me just to say, have a longer. Let me just say this. Go ahead. Guys, now they win more in one week on the tour. Than, than, than some players want in their careers. There's not, you know, I, I, I think we, we've got to back off a little on total number of tournament wins. Well, they don't go, play as much anymore. They don't have to play as much anymore. I'm going to go back to a word we use in a, in a former podcast. It was grinding. Back in the old days, they had to grind. The, right, right, but they don't grind anymore. They do not grind anymore. Now they go to four or five tournaments in the year. This is one of the reasons why well, Tiger Woods struggles so much. How, how well are you going to play when you're only playing in a tur- four or five tournaments? Well, you, you play with f- there are four majors. They play in the WGC events. They, and then they play in, in some of their pet events, their hometown events, events they sponsor. I think it's a little more than that, but your point is well made. Well, here, Barry, here, 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 is Jordan Spieth on your fantasy golf team? Unfortunately not. 
Here, here's the thing. About my first pick days. this. My fit. My first pick was Tiger Woods this year. Everybody, every, everybody. I dropped Tiger. Did you? Three, three, three tournaments. Did you take in, Nicholas in, too? In, into the season. It's my, that my team is a disaster. All right, let's not get into <laughs> fantasy golf talk. But here, I want to know why you guys feel like Spieth has the ability to have a longer prime than Justin Leonard did. Did we feel like just Justin when Justin Leonard won the British Open, it was a huge story at the paper. Oh, it was. It was a huge story in Dallas. Obviously when Spieth won the Masters, it was a huge story and he he was younger. But what makes Justin what makes Jordan Spieth a better long-term prospect for elite for excellence than Justin Leonard? I don't know how much I would compare him to Justin, but I, I will say that the thing that always strikes you about uh Jordan is that uh, first of all he's a great putter. You know he's a great putter, and so and then and he and he's not a you know he doesn't he's not booming at all. He's, off he's his, yeah off he's managing the, the he, terms. He's, he's, he's managing. A, he's a the great golf manager of the golf course. There's a couple of things about him to me that I really like. Is that is that when he has a bad hole, he doesn't just now now oh my gosh now the wheels are off. You know he he corrects himself, and you and you watch him when he plays. He he spends a lot of time talking to his uh, his caddy. I was talking to Marty Fleckman, another <laughs> another guy I wrote about <laughs> the other day. Just last week, we were talking about Jordan Spieth, and he said he – you hear some people say they don't like the fact that he talks to his caddy so much. You know, they think, oh, he should be making these decisions on his own. He's letting the caddy decide for him. And, and Fleckman said, no, 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 this is all very good. This is good that he's, he's getting all the information he can. And you can tell when he's unsure of something, he doesn't feel good about it, all of a sudden he steps back and starts taking more well, practice. Well, let, let's move up to the 21st century. I was talking to David Faraday. I was talking to Nick Faldo. I was talking to, to, to a lot of people. Those guys are from the 21st did, century? Did they they're, they work he, at Did any of those C guys win their, their first pro event? They, they work at CBS Sports. They're experts. They're working now. They're, they're big in the, works in, in the 21st century. Bayless works at ESPN Sports. Does that make him an expert? These guys played the game, for oh, gosh's okay. sakes. They, Skip, the Skip game. was an all-state guard in Faldo. Well, they, we've told us that. Faldo's won majors. Faraday won the Irish Open. They, they, they know. They they marvel not so much at his physical skills, but they love his mental. His, Very tough, his, his mental approach to the game. And and and. Golf is a game where the mental approach is. Well, let's is say very, let's very, say this though. I don't know. think the the one thing not being close. You guys have have been more more uh, involved and, and been around him more than I have. But from a distance, the one thing that strikes me is that nothing that that, that the stardom and and being involved in the pressure isn't a burden to him. I don't. I, I think it's a burden to other players. What, and I what don't everybody think it compares is him to is Arnold Palmer. They said that he has that kind of. Right. Uh, he, he really gets. He gets it. And I think you read that in something it. I wrote, which is which is okay. But it, but it's true. They, you know, he, he's a great. He's a Barry, great. The all accounts. He's a on he's Jordan a he's Spieth. a great. He's a great ambassador for the game as well, and and that's important. An ambassador doesn't make him a great player, though. But he's he's important to the game, right? But but here here's the point that Barry was trying to make, and he he got in this whole thing about you know if you read all my stories. Uh, it, well, it, that was you from last week. I think <laughs> I made this point. Well, yes. Uh, but the, you know the the point is is that look who was tougher mentally than Tiger Woods, you know when he was at his peak, you know so you can lose that, and I, I'm certainly not wishing that on Jordan. He's a great kid, and he's doing a great job. Uh, and he's very young. But I remember once I was talking to uh, uh, players in, in the clubhouse at, uh, um, out at the Nelson one time. And this was when Tiger was first really hitting it big. And so I was asking these guys about Tiger, and they're really tired of talking about him. And one of them said, off the record, let's see how he does when he has a family. You know, well, boom. 
So I, I think that's uh, that's something to remember here. He's just 21 years old, 21, 22, whatever 21. it is. And and let's give him a little time, a little space here. Uh, don't get married, Jordan. Don't yeah, don't get married. That's that's why Evan was, used to be a success. Yes, that's, that's right. why he was so successful. At least somebody acknowledges that at one point in time I was successful. You were successful, and then you got married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that career arc kind of flattened out. I, I've, I've won in another aspect of life. I, all right. I got. Yes, I, you did. I've fact. got to move on to something here because this is this has affected me deeply. What, Clyde Warren Park? No, not Clyde Warren Park. The Clyde Warren Park affects me deeply, too. But when we talk about Texas legends, let me, let me ask you this, okay? So Dusty Rhodes, son of a plumber from Austin, Texas. Virgil Riley Reynolds died last week at 69. One of the all-time great Texas legends. Obviously not with the Von Erichs. Um Kevin, you know all the guys who wrestled and played baseball and all that it's stuff Paul, at A and M. West Texas, well, Texas A and M. Paul Bosch down in Houston. You, I'm sure you're a big fan of him. He was a big promoter down in Houston. Yes, he was. But but here's the thing. So, I think he was a son of a farmer. Actually, so Dusty was like the first, and, and I know it's sports entertainment, but I grew up watching wrestling every week, and he was the first like real sports hero of my life that's passed away. You spent your Saturday nights at home alone watching wrestling. I was nine. What was I supposed? I. I'm sorry, I wasn't out. Barry know. was out smoking on the corner with his friends. I, I wasn't. It, it, yeah, was <laughs> exactly. You should. You, your comeback should have been no. It was. It was Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon wrestling. No, in Florida and Georgia, it was Saturday oh, after evening. Well, I used to watch it Saturday morning with Gordon Soli. Go, indeed, but <laughs> but here. So here's the question: Have you guys lost a hero of your youth and a sports hero of your youth? And how did that impact you? I don't know that I. I you know. I lived and died with teams, but I remember when I was uh, uh, probably 12 or 13 years old when Don Wilson died. It was an Astros pitcher. The uh, car asphyxiation, yeah. Car, so he pulled into his, uh, the story was that he pulled into his garage and left the engine running and accidentally fell asleep. Maybe he was drunk. Uh, that's the story. And then the really tragic part of all that was that it, his daughter was also killed. The the fumes went up into the house and she was killed. Wow. That so was a terrible, terrible time. Uh, and Don Wilson was a great pitcher. He'd thrown two no-hitters at that time. Uh, was that's back when the Astros uh, were developing pitchers left and right, but he was a great pitcher. And so, how did it, did it, how did it impact you? You know, because at that point in time, you were you were still like in your thirties. Yes, yes. No, you know, it's funny. The, the time that uh, that Barry and I grew up, you know, was a such a, a a tragic time in American culture. You know, you had you know when we're, when we're in your first or second grade, the president, president of the United, United States, States is killed. Yeah. Five years later. You know, his brother is killed. Martin Luther King. Uh, Martin Luther King is killed. Uh, you know, it's in the middle of Vietnam. Uh, it, it got to the point where you just kind of like almost expected bad things to happen. Uh, and you just kind of, I don't want to say you shrugged them off, but it was like, wow, it's just one after another. I mean, I, you know, when you're, 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 you're 6, 12 years old and these are the kind of things that happen all the time, you kind of get used to it. So it, who was your biggest hero growing up? Sports hero. Sports hero would have just been one of the local guys. You like know. who? Anybody? Uh, no, not anybody in particular. You know, I always liked the. Of course, I grew up in Houston, man. We didn't have a lot of great players when I Barry, was Barry, you grew up, up in New York. Who was yours? Uh, I, I had the misfortune of becoming a Yankee fan in 1965, the year after the World Series. The, the World Series dynasty ended, and I loved those Yankees. My favorite player of all time was Mel Stottlemyre, pitcher who pitched for the Yankees. So it wasn't Mantle. No, I was. I, I, that's the kind of guy I am. I was. A, I was a Roger Maris guy. That, that's the kind of weird guy. You no, know. no. I, if everybody liked Mantle, I, I, I found that that I was attracted to uh, Roger Maris. It's just. It's just the way my my mind works. That's why he likes me better than Kyle Shaw. 
Oh, because everybody else likes Kalashow? That's correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, there's some deep psychological <laughs> issues there that I'm just not going to get involved in. Good. But, but you know, I, I, I root for those Yankee teams, and they, they would make trades. they get a guy like Bill Mambuquet, and I'd go, okay. Now we now we now we yeah, now we could win. That th- th- that's that's that's, that's you that's, lived I, I tell you what, I hear some people's got, names from from back then, Oilers or Astros, and they're guys that no one would ever think of. No one think, in a million years would think of these guys. And I think I remember when they traded for this guy, and I thought maybe this is the this guy. is it. Celerino Sanchez, the great Mexican third <laughs> yeah, baseman. There you they, go. They they brought him in, and I was confident that, that that he was going to put them over the top. Celerino, Celerino Sanchez. He went into the salad business. Didn't Doctor Browns make that? Wasn't it a, uh-huh. a soda? Celerino yeah. Sanchez? Please control right. yourself. Okay, uh, very quickly, um, finish a sentence. Clyde Warren Park is the best thing to happen to downtown Dallas since Reunion Arena or or the American Airlines Center. Why? Well, because those it's the best thing that happened since the Cowboys decided to go play out in the sticks wherever they play and the Rangers play out in the sticks. We need the city of Dallas needs things in downtown Dallas. How great would it be to have a baseball stadium, a football stadium? Right there, where where people could th- that would be the place where people gathered, uh, you know, before a game, after a game, it, it would be terrific. That was the one that you know, if we got, I think if we got in the baseball stadium downtown, in the farmers market area, which was a very could have happened viable. I saw some plans for that uh, when they were when that was all going up, and they had, it was really going to be very cool. And then the, this uh, Dallas made no effort whatsoever to get it. Had that happened, I don't think we would have gotten the basketball arena. I would bet you that in two thousand twenty four. My odds would be better than fifty-fifty that the Rangers moved to downtown Dallas, and that there's there's a retractable a dome, stadium. A dome stadium. Yeah, retractable I, I, roof. That would be my that would be my guess. But now, here's, I, here's Arlington, the problem. Arlington is the city that gets it when it comes to pro sports teams, and I would bet you the city of Arlington also does everything possible, short of building the actual stadium but for them for free. They, they would to keep them. But let me ask you this: Isn't the land values in downtown Dallas in, in, in all these areas? Isn't it getting Kevin Mr. Realty? Is it, isn't it isn't it get isn't everything getting really expensive now? Well, is you, there still room you in downtown Dallas? You couldn't build it in downtown. You would have to build now because the, the ideal place before was Farmers Market. But the, now, now the there's park, all the now there's, there's all the real condos, estate being right. built there. So that that was that was uh, that's all screwed. I, I think that they'll build it outside of Dallas. I do think it'll happen. And you know one of the reasons I think it'll happen and why it should have happened now is because now you look at as opposed to what it was it was in the early nineties. Look at all the foot traffic downtown. You know, my oldest son lives on Main Street. Uh, in the Kirby building. So, and, and I went down there what on a, apartment? On a see Saturday. Apartment I'm not going to give you the, that. The girls uh, out there want to know. Yeah, they do. Uh, on, on, he's already spoken for. They, they, if you go downtown, I went down there on a Saturday morning, and I couldn't believe all the foot traffic in downtown Dallas uh, as opposed to what it used to be. But the baseball stadium could have brought that. We could, we could oh, no, have that's what I'm ten, saying. Say, 15 years ago. The walk-up value. Who, who walks up to games in, in Arlington? Nobody. Either you were planning or going. No one just decides at the you, last. I, I minute, think I think I'm going to the ballpark. I think your walk up could be significantly better uh, with a with a stadium in a in a downtown setting. I think that also if you look at the Rangers season ticket holders, you will find that the the largest clump of in them North Dallas. are up the tollway. Dallas and Collin County. Yeah, and, and so that that would be the more centrally located. Too. It's not as simple anymore. Saying okay. Arlington is right smack in between on I-30 between Fort Worth and Dallas. I just don't know that the population centers are, are the same there. Let's let's wrap up and get out of here very quickly. Barry, your last shot. My last shot is uh, Jordan Spieth will not be the only Dallas athlete uh, on TV this week. Earl Spence, Earl Spence, he's a welterweight from DeSoto. He'll be on primetime on NBC. 
and he, he's a lefty. He's very talented, and he 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 might ru- be the next great boxer. Although that's the argument is not quite like golf, where, where you have a plethora of them. But he's a welterweight. Curtis Cox is a welterweight. I I think I think he's worth people's time to watch. Was that quick? It was not quick. It was fairly quick. Fairly quicker quick. than Saturday. I'm going to be out at the Tour de Cure on my bike. Riding, which is the Tour de Cure, is, is this, to discover a cure for uh, type 1 diabetes, which my youngest son has. And so my, my parting shot is pray for me. You'll be the one on the training wheels. a reminder that I have not yet made my donation. That is correct. So I will take care of it. Oh, wait a minute. You'll be the one on the training wheels, right? Uh, or no, the tricycle. No. But my wife will be the one on the electric bike. <laughs> really? Yes. All right. Last shot. Cheating. Last shot here for me is, is this. Uh, the Dodgers were in town this week. Adrian Gonzalez was playing first base for the Dodgers. It was a reminder to me that at one point in time, the Rangers had both Mark Teixeira and Adrian Gonzalez. And I start to think about it more and more. Even though Mark Teixeira contributed more to this club with his production and with what he brought in trade value. The return on him was was much better than the return on Adrian. Absolutely. But I think when it's all said and done, you may look back and say Adrian Gonzalez had the better pro career. All right, I'm going to say this one more time. I asked people in that clubhouse, what if we put – or what if y'all put, not me, put Adrian Gonzalez at first base and put Mark Deshera in right field. At that time, Mark Deshera was not settled in as a first baseman. Everyone laughed at me. Oh, oh yo, no way you'd want this to is the that. man that said uh, there was no room for Joey Gallo on right. the team because they couldn't move because a- Adrian Beltre was there. I'd also like oh. to add that that was my last shot, not yours. <laughs> and with that, we're getting out of here for this week, and we will be back hopefully next week if uh, they don't lock us employed. out of the building. Yes. Thanks again for listening to Upon Further Review. Evan Grant for Barry Horn and Kevin Sherrington. So long. So long.